The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Uptrich Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome, everybody, to the Christine Uptrich Show here on 1150 AM KKNW in the Seattle area, Transformation Talk Radio around the world. If you're listening live, um, you might be listening anywhere around the world. After the fact, you might be listening on ChristineUptrich.com or one of the 50 different stations that sends up. But wherever and whenever you're listening from today, we are grateful you've joined us, and we hope that you like that new intro. I do. Yes. <laughs> you know you're waiting for an exit. <laughs> well, of course. I love it. I produced it. Yes. The, you know, it, it's been, what, six and a half years with this show, a little over six years, and it was time for a fresh start. And part of my branding, which is based on one of the workshops I've, I've taught over the years, is called The Vibration of Change. And so... The intro and the upcoming segments that you'll be hearing, you know, eventually next few weeks will focus on how to get into that vibration of change, how we shift into that place where life magically shifts, because it's a vibrational thing, you know, where you go from struggle to ease, where you're shifting from stagnation to forward movement. It's a really important concept, but it's more than a concept. It is vibrational. And that's what we focus on this show because whether it's, you know, talking heads or healers or whatever, it's it's all about stepping into that vibration because we all long for positive change. Even if we think we don't want change, we don't want change. We really do on some level. We just want to be able to slide right into that that positive shift. So anyway, I would like to say hello to the man behind the technology, Mr. Benny Mathers. Hello, good day. Yeah, I agree with you. Very fresh up. It's springy. It's perfect. There's no more Mercury retrograde. Let's do this. Yes. yes. I know, right? I'm just as excited as you are. And, you know, I just got back from Arizona. I went on a, a short spring break with my boys. It's the first time we've gone to Arizona together. We used to do this, you know, as a family for years. And then um, once my I had one child in college, the other in high school, their vacations never lined up. Mm-hmm. So now that one's in college and the other's out of college, we were able to line up and go down for, there for three and a half days. Perfect. But Mercury was in retrograde, and we our luggage went missing oh, for no. a day. But yes. they got it back. That's good. Yes, we All did right. get it back. Do you know ever uh, where it ended up? Seattle. It stayed here. Oh, oh I see what you said. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, there was a broken belt in Seattle. Likely and that, story. Yeah, yeah. Belt. And it was... it was that uh, story. <laughs> Just, I don't know what. Sure. You know, I'm really grateful for our guest today because um, I got exposed to her work at my TEDx talk because she was doing a TEDx talk and she's up there and she's presenting. And not only am I blown away by the, the, the information she's sharing, I was really impressed with her presentation style, her humor and her insights. And I love the fact that she is walking her talk because she's had to deal with overeating, in in particular, emotional overeating. And the person I'm talking about is Renee Jones. She's a counselor, a coach. She's a speaker specializing in overcoming emotional eating. She spent 40 years on the diet yo-yo, and she eventually found a way to overcome that. And she's both not only hit her her goal back in 2012, she's maintained it. I'm so impressed. I want to hear more. Now she helps others who've struggled with their weight to get free of their emotional eating and offload emotional baggage so their hearts can heal along with their bodies. She's got her master's degree in counseling with certifications in both traditional and contemporary models, as well as, get this, I love this, and my listeners will too, horse-assisted and relaxation methods. Her book, What's Really Eating You, Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating, is available on Amazon. And we have her here today, Renee Jones. Welcome, Renee. Hi, thanks for having me. You know, um, 
I'm always impressed with people who are teaching something that they've had to learn and in particular struggled to learn and you have learned it well. Tell me from that perspective, how are you an expert? Uh, I think because I tried so many different things um, and eventually nailed it down to, okay, if I'm eating based on desire and emotional stuff alone, that's probably not the best reason for me to be eating. Mm-hmm. So finding a way to get past that and manage all of that stuff, it helped me stop stuffing down my feelings and following it with a food chaser. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we've, we've all heard about emotional eating, and I think that many of us recognize that, you know, the, the food choices we make sometimes are based on what's going on in our life and our emotional reaction to it. I think that sometimes we recognize, well, you know, maybe I'm bored and that's why I want something crunchy and salty. Or um, we're eating too much because we're not listening to our body. But how do we really know if there's an emotional trigger that's causing us to eat either the wrong foods that aren't good for us or the, you know, too much of a good thing? I think there there are several things there. Um, One, if, if you crash land in front of your refrigerator, I would want to know what happened just before that. Mm-hmm. What was going on? Because right. if, if some experience drove you to, you know, eat or eat something in particular, then that's probably an emotional trigger. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I, I share with people is that it's not that it's that hard. We just have to get the hang of it. And this is how I identify it. I use HANG as an acronym. Uh-huh. So ask yourself, H, am I hungry? And if you are, you probably need something to eat. But if not, A, what is your attraction to food right then? What's going on? What's driving that? Mm-hmm. N, okay, so what is it that I really need? other than food, because it may be that you just need a little walk. You may need a hug. You may need a chat with a friend. Mm -hmm. You may need a a chat with your counselor. You may need to walk your dog. You know, what is it that you actually need in that moment? And then the G is go. Go get that, because that will Mm -hmm. satisfy you longer and more effectively than any food you could put in your mouth. Right. But that also means that not only do we have to have the awareness we have to have a something set up to fulfill those needs so we can go get them. Yeah, but often we already do. It's just that food is easy and it's available. I mean, that, that is sort of the most passive thing we can do because mm-hmm. it always works for us. Right. And we don't have to think that. We just, oh, I feel bad. I'm going to have some chocolate or a glass of wine or creamy something or mm-hmm. your salty, salty thing. Uh, you know, right. it's just in the back of our mind. That's what we do. And if we can interrupt that pattern, if we can recognize that pattern, we can interrupt it and we can change it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, you touched upon your struggle. Can you uh-huh. share with us some of the things that you attempted to, to utilize, some of your approaches that you used that were not successful? Um. Just about every diet I tried up until about three years ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I did, I, I mean, I was 10 years old when I had my first diet oh. because my mother thought, you know, if we get this sorted out now, then she'll be right for the rest of her life, except that she didn't know how to do it. Right. And I came from a family of fairly large men. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, we did, I, I remember this day with my lunchbox. Right? I'm sitting in the cafeteria, I'm 10 years old, and I open my lunchbox and I can smell it before I can see it because mm-hmm. there was plain white fish. Oh. And, you know, it was the, the uh, 70s, so we didn't really do that whole refrigeration pack in the lunchbox thing. Right. Oh, no. And the elementary school wasn't air conditioned. <laughs> oh, no. And there was, there was this lettuce. And in those days, you know, we hadn't discovered spring mix yet. It was iceberg. Right, right, yes. And, and, and maybe some carrot bits, you know, thrown in. Oh. 
And I thought, <laughs> now it would have been helpful if I thought at that point, okay, if I ever, never want to have to do this again, I've got to get serious and stay there. But I didn't. Right. So, I mean, we did the cabbage diet. We did, um, I don't think we ever got to Atkins. I think that was sort of after, after the fact. But, uh-huh. you know, in the 80s, we started the low-fat thing. Uh-huh, right. And um, we did Weight Watchers. We did everything that was going on. And in fact, honestly, I lost my weight on a low-fat, low-calorie, absolutely no-flavor diet. Uh-huh. Um, and I just got through it with grit and determination. And I, I kept it off for two years, and I was so hungry and tired and cranky all the time, I thought there has got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. So I finally found something that works for my body. But that's the thing. Everyone has to find what works for their body because what works for me might not work for you. Right, right. Oh, that's... It is so emotional in, in many ways, and it's what your body actually needs because, you know, we're all chemical storms that are <laughs> Yes, imagine that. Something different imagine for different that. bodies. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's the, yeah. I, I I have probably tried every diet going, including fasting or starving. Mm-hmm. Um, and those always uh, tended to make me want more food. And in fact, now I have to be careful to make sure I kind of stay on track because if I if I fast. I mean, I can go without breakfast one day or something like that. Sure. I can skip a meal now and again. But if I am trying to do that, it sets off that trigger in my mind of, she's not going to feed us. Uh-huh. Right. And I have, then I will overeat at some point soon thereafter. Yeah, and it sounds like it was rooted in childhood. This is fascinating. We're going to uh, learn more after this short break. Stay tuned for more with Renee Jones. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose and wholeness. For more information, visit a timeofhealing.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. Years ago, when facing cancer, without any immediate treatment options, I sought healing by making various life changes. For a while, I followed a very restrictive diet. I often found myself obsessing about which foods were good and which ones were bad. Then one day, I realized I was consuming foods based on fear, fear of not getting well. But I didn't want to make choices out of fear anymore. I decided it was far better for my immune system if I allowed myself to experience the joy that came from, say, eating frozen yogurt, than it was for me to ingest the fear that came from avoiding it. Now, instead of choosing healthy habits based on fear, I try to make choices because they feel right and ultimately bring me joy and ease. How many of your healthy habits are really based on fear? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Are you ready to finally feel empowered and knowledgeable in your political stance? Let Marsha Padilla Goad educate you on exactly how important grassroots advocacy is in a relatable way to all perspectives. Tune in to Grassroots Advocacy Radio with Marsha every first Tuesday of the month at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Visit DynamicsInPublicAffairs.com. What is holding you back from living the life you are meant to live? Why is it vital to believe in something bigger than yourself? Are you in physical or emotional pain? Tune in monthly to Vibrant Purposeful Living. Awaken the vibrant life within you with Lou Paradise and Dr. Pat on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Lou's passion is to help everyone experience positive solutions for life. Find out more about Lou with Vibrant Purposeful Living at louparadise.com.
On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW and Transformation Talk Radio. You know, Renee, um, I know that we get these triggers. You were talking before the break about how you're afraid that you're kind of like this intrinsic fear that you're you're going to be restricted with your food if you go too long without eating because your mother was trying to control what you ate. And I'm thinking, what what are some of the the triggers, the childhood triggers? Like, what what are, what are some of the scenarios that can cause us to have emotional eating issues as adults? Well, I I think uh, very often it is a a question of control as much as anything, because if you think about it, um, those on the other side of the spectrum, the anorexics, uh-huh. realize okay, the only thing I believe I can control is what I put in my mouth. Right. So that that need for control, because you're not getting it anywhere else, mm-hmm. can be really key. And with a child, the only thing a child can do is say, nope, not eating that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, you know, they may be stuck at the table or, or whatever else um, until they, they at least part of it come to some arrangement with the parents. Mm-hmm. But... I think with a lot of adults, um, it tends to be some sort of stress or here's, here's one of the worst things, that inner critic that won't shut up. Yeah. And what happens is we berate ourselves over and over and over because we've heard it perhaps from our families, perhaps from friends, uh-huh. perhaps from a bad experience that we had. Sure. And... Unfortunately, all that berating only drives us to more comfort. Mm, so we right. eat to comfort ourselves, and yep. we get into that cycle. Mm-hmm. So if we're stressed, let's let's talk about that trigger for a minute. How does food help us, or or at least well, in the short term, help us? Yeah, the the, um, the thing is, there's that hit of dopamine, uh-huh. and dopamine, you know, will hit that brain's pleasure and reward center. Right. So it's actually a physical response. We we feel some sort of stress or upset. We take in some food. It hits our pleasure center, and we feel better. Okay. So it's you know it's very natural. But there are other things that can also hit that pleasure center uh-huh. that don't have to do with food, such as. Um, for me, playing with my pet, uh-huh. going for a walk, a hug from my husband a nice chat with a friend and others. Some of my clients will do something like arrange for a manicure uh-huh. or a massage. Uh-huh. You know, there's, there are just all kinds of things. Again, very individual to each one of us that speak to our hearts. And if we can, you know, arrange for that, then we're less likely to need as much. Mm-hmm. Right. Now you said the H word heart. What heart, what yeah. does this have to do with the heart? At least in terms of the our our, our concept of the um, the love center. Mm. Well, you know my my business is called Pack Your Own Bag uh-huh. because our baggage tends to get packed for us. So what I mm. do with people very oh. often is unpack that bag and then repack it for the journey they want to be on, not the one they just sort of stumbled into or were told to, right. the one their heart wanted to go on. So much of our lives are spent just chasing our purpose, what we want, mm-hmm. and so much of it gets caught up in our hearts feeling frustrated. And if we can find a way to let our heart heal from from damage or from um, hurts that we've experienced and just allow ourselves to feel our way through that, mm-hmm. then it's much more likely we'll know what we need. Right. 
and how to get it. In fact, one of the the main elements of the work that I do is helping others recognize their best self. Mm-hmm. Because think about it, Christine. When you are feeling your best self, uh-huh. do you need food? Not so to comfort much. yourself? No, definitely yeah. not for comfort. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We need it for physical things, but we don't need to comfort ourselves. We don't need to put something in our mouths to comfort ourselves. Right. Because we're already feeling our best self. And that whole thing about putting things in our mouths, we're taught that from birth. Mm-hmm. You have sons. Oh, yeah. When they were born, they cried. What did we do? Nurse them. Mm-hmm. You put something in their mouth, whether it's the breast or a bottle or a pacifier. Mm-hmm. And at some point, we went from that for comfort to a donut. Yeah. Or cookie or something. We just associate that thing of, oh, I feel better when I put something in my mouth. Right. So when you're talking about packing your own bag as opposed to having somebody else pack it for you, it seems to me that it goes well beyond our um, sort of our our, our, our our emotional patterns associated with eating. Mm-hmm. It, how does this relate to not being true to ourselves? Well, I will tell you that my parents were both teachers. Mm-hmm. And when I went to college, they said, you know, teaching is a great job particularly for women, because when you have children, you can be with them and all that. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, that doesn't make sense. And I have a natural affinity for teaching, uh-huh. just not high school. Right. So it took me a number of years. I mean, I, I fortunately was sort of guided out of that with a, a, a great opportunity. And then I began to find my purpose. I still teach. Right. I just don't do it in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? So when we when we kind of, okay, let's, let's take that out of the bag, then there's room for the other things I need, mm-hmm. like the different kinds of teaching, like right. the different methods of helping others find their heart, mm-hmm. like using a horse as a, as a go-between to help signal me and the person what's going on for them because uh-huh. you know horses don't lie and they don't take any guff off of either. they just see straight through our mask so how do you use horses i'm really curious about this well um normally we don't ride the, the method i use does not include riding mm-hmm. so we go out in a corral and um, there's usually someone with us i watch the person they watch the horse because you know Horses can get spooked and scared and all the rest of it, just uh-huh. like the individual. But, um, for example, this one day we were out, and this lady, um, I hadn't hadn't seen her in a while, and she came in, and the horse kept standing between me and her uh-huh. and wouldn't, wouldn't let me, you know, I kept looking over and around and was like, dude, what's the problem? Uh-huh. And she's, I wonder if he's protecting me. Huh. And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, yes, the day before she had found out that she had um, early stage of breast cancer. Oh. The horse sensed whatever that was and just wanted to protect her and give her support. Mm-hmm. Um, other times, you know, I, I had a, a lady who was just sort of, the horse wasn't in there yet, and we were just kind of talking. And um, I said, well... What do you think? Would you like to try it? And the horse actually nudged her toward me. Oh. So you you just talk to the the client, and the horse does whatever the horse does, uh-huh. and it it's it's just very indicative of what's going on with them. So it, and it's fun. So it's um, sort of like a um, two counselors: one's human and the other's a horse. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Because they they just do. See directly through your mask. Mm-hmm. They see straight to your heart, which makes it a whole lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, I've talked about the vibration of change in my new intro. And one of the things I teach is that change occurs if we can 
come into the vibration of embracing the here and now somehow. Like, and, and there are a variety of ways of, of doing that. But when we're in nature, and particularly when we're with an animal, mm-hmm. it kind of draws us into this present moment so that we can become aware of and face what is. And that's the magical place where shifting can occur. So it makes perfect sense to me that when you have the horse in this case present as well as the human who's willing to, you know, see and accept and see what wants to shift, that that it bring, can bring a person into that wonderful vibration in, into the here and now so things can shift. Yes. <laughs> yeah. This is beautiful. Um we're going to go to another quick break, but when we return, uh, I'm going to want to hear about some of your other tips. You've got some great perspective on sugar, and we want to hear about your perspective on some of the popular diet, diets out there. Stay tuned for more with Renee Jones here in just a few moments. Are you ready for unfiltered gratitude, unfiltered frequency, and unfiltered creation? Then don't miss Mike Murphy Unfiltered on TransformationTalkRadio.com Thursday from 12 to 2 Pacific Time as Mike Murphy and a cast of powerful guests discuss and demonstrate the principles and practices of the creation frequency. Tune in to unleash the power of your mind. Open the immense energy of the heart to manifest an awesome life filled with true health, wealth, confidence, gratitude, and joy unfiltered truth and unfiltered frequency to uncover and let go of limiting beliefs and access your powerful intentions that resonate out into the universe with Mike Murphy Unfiltered. For more information on Mike and his work, visit his website at MikeMurphyUnfiltered.com. What the fun do I do with my shui? Are you ready to hear what your space is about you and what you're communicating to the outer world about your inner dialogue? Are you ready to create harmony in your surroundings? Then join us on Clear Speak Talk Radio with Dr. Jeanette Wolf on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every fourth Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern for current IT integrated with ancient knowledge to boost the broadcast of your space. Visit JeanetteWolf.com for more information on this amazing approach. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stressed? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christine Upchurch Show here on KKNW, AM 1150 in the Seattle area and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. We're speaking today to author, counselor, and emotional overeating expert, Renee Jones. And on the break, we're talking about when we go into this segment, we were going to be talking about sugar. And thank you, Benny, for bringing that music. It's also a great song (laughs) from my childhood. (laughs) Okay, so, you know, there, there's this issue of emotional overeating, but there's this issue of what we eat and how it might feed into keeping that cycle going. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about sugar, the pros, the cons, and um, the ways out of addiction. Well, sugar is instantly addictive. I mean, you give it to a child and they're like, ooh, I like more of that, please, uh-huh. because... It is very pleasant. 
um, but sometimes a, a little bit is great. A lot of it can be very detrimental, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of people who talk about being addicted to it. Um, there are there are studies out there about how sugar is as addictive as cocaine. Uh-huh. There are pictures of the brain, the brain on cocaine, the brain on sugar, and they look exactly alike. Interesting. So it it does fire stuff in our brain. It's not always that good for us. Mm-hmm. And of course, um, with your your insulin levels, it just sends them all over the place. And it doesn't matter what kind of sugar, whether it's natural or not, it's going to shoot your insulin up. Uh-huh. And insulin is a storage hormone, and it stores a lot of water, which tends to make us feel puffier and, and heavier. Uh-huh. So there are a lot of the lower-carb diet, people lose weight really fast in the first week or so, uh-huh. and most of it is water because the, their insulin is lower, so they are shedding all of that excess water that, that has been held. So, Renee, if, if there's excess water relating to the hormone insulin, does that mean that when they got that excess water that that's a type of inflammation? Um, I guess it could be. It tends to be stored in the fat cells, which makes them puffier. Uh And I'm not happy about that on my body, are you? (laughs) No, definitely not. Definitely not. (laughs) Okay, so if it's not so great for us and, you know, we, we get this high when we have it, I think that many of us become addicted to it. I have a hard time not having any sugar for days on end. I mean, God forbid, you know, that I should have to go for two weeks without some sugar. Um, How do we really let go of that addiction? Well, I'll tell you how I did it. (laughs) Um, Because I couldn't, I didn't like a day without sugar. Uh Didn't have to be a lot. Um, But I like my sugar. Mm -hmm. So, Four years ago, I thought, all right, we're going to do something different here. And I said, okay, I'm going to make a rule for myself. I only have sugar on Sunday. Okay. So that was Sunday. And along about Wednesday, I was standing in my pantry staring down the chocolate chips saying, I only have sugar on Sunday. (laughs) But I managed to get through the week. Uh And on Sunday... Um, I have a an appointment on Sunday afternoons that I have to go to. So I had about three o'clock. I had a bit of a chocolate thing and a cup of tea. Uh-huh. I drove over there. So thirty minutes. It's all my bloodstream. I hit the front door and they're like, "Oh, Renee, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm great." And I thought, "Wow, <laughs> that's quite a response." Uh-huh. So I made it through to the next Sunday without having sugar. And that Sunday, I thought, you know, this leaves a weird coating on my tongue, and I'm not sure I like it. Interesting. So I, what I did was I left myself open a day when I could have one thing with sugar in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And over time, I just thought, yeah, I, I, there are other ways to to get something kind of sweetish, and I think I'll do that instead. Uh-huh. So now I tend to have sugar only when I don't know it or, you know, to please my mother-in-law or something like that. Right, right. So I find this really interesting. You know, you were talking about how your mother was controlling what you ate uh, to the point of <laughs> putting stinky fish into your lunchbox. <laughs> And yes, how didn't realize right, and how <laughs> how often we're rebelling against that kind of control with our emotional eating, and you're talking about implementing a type of control over yourself. What's the difference between that that woundedness that comes from that parental control and then the the inner control that you've implemented um, in your life? You know, it, it, is it the same thing, or is there something really different? Well, I think I think we choose controls in many things. I mean, I I have a caloric budget. I also have a financial budget. Mm-hmm. I have a marriage budget. I don't cheat on my marriage. I don't cheat on my taxes. Mm-hmm. Why would I cheat on my calories too much? But it's very much my choice. I mean, we we say, okay, if you cheat on your taxes, that's really bad. You need to go to jail. Uh-huh. 
But we choose it because we know it to be right for us, mm-hmm. not just to avoid jail. Sure. Right? Right. Um, so I choose to limit, you know, certain foods from my diet, you know, kind of have an idea. I mean, I'm only five foot three. This body uh-huh. can only burn so many calories per day. Sure. Right? So if I live within my budget, my weight stays stable. But if I start doing, you know, more things and usually overfilling, which is not a good feeling anyway. Sure. Then the repercussions are that, okay, I've got to um, buy a bigger pair of trousers. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't feel good. Right. So I think very much, Christine, it comes back to figuring out, okay, what is it that I actually do want? I know this is how I've always done it. Mm -hmm. But what do I really want? Right. And this kind of feeds into the number one reason that diets actually fail, which is we have a short-term, we've chosen a short-term fix rather than a long-term solution. Uh You know, I I look at a diet or nutrition plan as kind of training for what works for my body. Mm -hmm. And when when I got to my my goal weight, like, okay, now I know what works. Uh I can do that. Forever. Right. And so um, what approach do you personally take? Because you're saying that everybody's body is different. So what works for one person is not necessarily going to work for another. But I'm curious, what approach do you take to sort of bring yourself to this stable level where you feel healthy? My best nutrition plan for the last four years has been basically a ketogenic diet. Uh And I know that's very popular right now, um, but it just works for my body. And part of what works is that it keeps my insulin stable Uh so that I'm not moody anymore. I I used to get, you know, be fairly cranky sometimes. I was born redheaded with Uh all of the stereotypes. (laughs) And... same way I'm the same way I end up having issues if I have too much fat and also I'm a vegetarian by choice because I don't want to eat animals and Mm. so it 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 makes it a little bit more complex trying to uh, take this approach um but I have to be careful there are those out there yeah but um and also I know that uh from what I've read there is some scientific research that indicates that if we end up going from sort of the, the ketogenic, the, the, the healthier ones that, you know, that involves eating vegetables, and I'm not talking about the extreme ones, um, and we start eating the carbs again, particularly the processed carbs, then we no longer have as many um, insulin receptors as we once did, and it actually makes things even worse for us. So it's the kind of thing where if you're going to do it, do it in a way that's healthy for your body, but also do it long term as opposed to as a short fix. Which is what you're saying anyway. No short fixes. Yes. No short fixes. Because in the end, it's not magic. It's just sensibly doing what works for your body. Right. Right. So tell me about some of your clients who've taken a different approach. You mean other, uh, other, other, diets? other diets or other approaches to food, like um, food choices? Okay. Um, well, I have one lady who has told me, yeah, I'm never going to do that. I said, okay, well, let's work with what you can work toward. Uh-huh. Because if if they're not into it, it's never going to happen. Yeah. I have no control over them. I'm not making their lunchbox. Right, right. right. So it, it can work because in the end, 
any diet that you're invested in will help you lose weight. They all work mm. in one way or another. Right. So what I do is I always come back to, okay, what's driving you to food? Mm-hmm. What are you trying to stuff down and follow with that food chaser? Right. Because in the end, when we face our stuff, then we no longer have to stuff our faces. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's so important, just identifying what's going to happen because no detox or workout routine or diet will fix the need that is driving us to food for comfort or stress. Right. Really. And, and I think in terms of um, when I've been successful sort of keeping weight off has been when I've I've had a real sense of ease. So it's kind of like when I've dealt with enough stuff to get to, because I think it's sort of s- not exactly cyclical, but it's, it's kind of like that, the peeling the, the layers of the onion so new emotional stuff can come up. But when I'm at this sure. place of, of great emotional ease, then I, I don't know if it shifts my cortisol level or what, but it, it's, it's, it's like I've, I start to make different food choices. So there's the emotional component, yes, but there's also, I think, uh, something relating to the stress hormones. Absolutely, yeah. Because if your stress is up, your cortisol is peaking, it's very hard to lose weight because it's just holding on to everything, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more about overcoming emotional eating. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field or aura surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs in what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Welcome back. You know, Renee, um, it's fascinating. Emotional eating, yes, there's there's that piece of it that relates to, mm, you know, our, 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 our wounded childhood, you know, issues, and also stress. Do we need to shift our perspective about nutrition, too? 
it probably would be helpful, yes. <laughs> so how do we get educated that's about something that would be helpful for us? Because I know there's a lot of information out there. There is, and I think reading any of the information with a critical eye is important. Uh-huh. I mean, the, the standard American diet was created on a lot of philosophy, but not a lot of science. Mm-hmm. In fact, every time they tried to prove that the basically low-fat you know, food pyramid thing uh-huh. would be best for us, People got sick and died, yeah. but yeah. they don't tell you that because, you know, it's a government thing and we don't mess with that. Right. Um, so read with a critical eye. See what, what affects your body. If mm-hmm. it works for you and it's a healthy kind of, it leaves your body feeling good. Oh, that. That, yes, <laughs> because, you know, low fat, low carb, uh, low calorie for me did not leave me feeling good. It left me tired and hungry all the time, and that's uh-huh. not good for our body. Right. So finding the plan that fits you is essential. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I know that um, you do sessions with people and you help people to navigate this. How, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Well, they can. My website is packyourownbag.com, and if, if you go there, there is a, a button on the home page, and if you if you click that button, then I, I can send you the five elements to overcome emotional eating. Great. And it's, it's a free gift. Um, hopefully in the next week or so, there will also be a video that goes with it. We're still working on that. Uh-huh. Um, but that's one place to start figuring out what you need to do to get past all of those triggers. Great. It's free. Great. And it's packyourownbag.com. Okay, so, you know, I think about my my own issues, and recently, I'd say over the last two or three months, um, my go-to food when I, like, haven't eaten regularly enough, haven't eaten enough, or I'm bored is chips, which is not a healthy approach. I know that. It's like mentally I know that, but there's something very satisfying about that. And even if it's just a few to tide me over until I've cooked something for myself, you know, so... How do, we, how, how do I get myself out of that situation where that becomes my go-to food when I have, like, provided these chips for my sons and their gazillion friends who can come over? And, and it's, like I, I, it's like I can't get it out of the house completely. Um, yes. So how, how do I shift my behavior? Okay. Um, well, one way of dealing with that is where, where do you keep those chips? I keep them in a high pantry. A high and I'm short, That's too. <laughs> That's excellent. Yes, I remember. Um, one of the things that we can do is keeping it away from our, our line of sight. Uh-huh. So if you have a pantry and it's on eye level with you, that's where you want stuff that you can eat, not stuff you can't. That makes because sense. we see it. Or you can put it in an opaque container so you oh. can't see it. That's but a great idea. Son, yeah. <laughs> or if you're <laughs> If your sons are tall, put it up higher so you can't reach it. Right. I'm a terror for salted, roasted nuts. Uh Uh-huh. I don't want them in the house. Right? Right. But my husband likes them. So he came in one day. He said, why is my box of whatever snack he had always in front of the nuts? I said, because I don't want to see them, love. Because if I see them, I will eat them. If I don't see them, then I won't. Right. Um, you, You can stalk yourself really good for you choices uh-huh. and put that on eye level. So that's the first thing you see. Right. And pretty food is very attractive. Mm-hmm. So make sure you, you choose things that are both pretty and nutritious that you can enjoy mm-hmm. and always have it. Right. You can create some rules for yourself. Like my, I only have sugar on Sundays. Uh-huh. Or you can deem that the kitchen is closed past a certain hour. Sure. And yeah. I know that um, we've got a local, um, it's, it's like Whole Foods, but it's a local co-op called um, PCC. And mm-hmm. it's on my way home from various places, and I, I will sometimes stop and get some prepared foods. So it might be, you know, a, a beet salad or some um, tandoori tofu or something like that or, a you know, a, a kale salad that'll be in a little container. So I try to have some of that stuff there so that if I am hungry and I haven't gotten around to cooking myself anything, 
I can open a container and I can have some of that. Mm, yeah. But here's, here's a pro tip for you, Christine. What's that? If it's something that you decide, I got to have this. Uh-huh. I can't not have this. I must have this. Uh-huh. Put it on a plate. Set your table with china, knife and fork, spoon, whatever you need, a pretty glass. Sit down at the table. Mm. Focus on the food. Don't focus on the TV. If, If it's that important to you, give the same honor to the food that you're giving your craving. Interesting. Sit down and enjoy it. Because so even if it's so even if it's potato chips, that's what you're suggesting you do. Absolutely, yes. Because wow, if if you're going to feel bad about eating it later, Uh you better be enjoying it. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) So, what about boredom? How do we deal with um, eating when we're bored? Well, what do you do when, when you're bored? Are you watching TV? And if so, I'd choose something else to watch or do. Uh But, again, we tend to eat on autopilot. And if you're not going to slow down enough to enjoy it, then you may as well be eating celery. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So go get a celery stick and chew on that while you're watching that boring TV that you you seem to think you want to watch. Yeah, yeah. And um, many of us are on autopilot. How do we get off that? You're going to love this. What's that? You get to do some mindfulness. Uh-huh. Yeah. What is it that you actually want to do? Are you, do you pay attention to the food you're eating? I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of the problems we have with food are because we're paying attention to the TV or one of our devices. Yeah. Anything but the people we're talking to uh-huh. and the table and the food. If your attention goes beyond that, you're not paying attention to your food. Yeah, yeah. If you sit and enjoy every bite, thoroughly chew it, and squeeze all the flavor out of it, you're not going to forget you ate it. Right. That makes perfect sense. And, uh, yeah, this has been a a fascinating conversation. Uh, I want to repeat Renee's website, packyourownbag.com. And uh, her book is called What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating. And it's available on Amazon. Um, Again, Renee, I want to thank you for joining us here today and for sharing not only your struggle, but the the wisdom that you gained from that and how you have helped others and how you're helping us, those of us who are listening today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate it. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com, where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.